0: Planning for your financial future is a lot like solving a puzzle. Sometimes it's simple, like a jigsaw puzzle. You have all the pieces and you just need to find out how they all fit together to reveal the solution. But sometimes, planning for retirement is more like a crossword puzzle. You don't even know the answers to some of the clues, let alone how they all fit together. Like, how much can I expect to get from Social Security? How much income do I need in retirement? Or how much risk is appropriate? That's why Certified Financial Planner Dan Caprill is here to host Solving the Financial Puzzle. On today's show, we want you to learn more about finding the right answers to your financial questions and how those answers can fit together to bring you more peace of mind. So get ready. Solving the Financial Puzzle starts now. Welcome to another edition of Solving
1: the Financial Puzzle. I'm Walter Storholt, joined as always by Dan Caprill, Certified Financial Planner, and wealth coach here in Cincinnati and Dayton. You can get in touch with Dan by going online to quizdan.com, and you can always call 844-QUIZ-DAN. Dan Uh, Dan is a certified financial planner, as I said, and a president of Mattson & Capril. Dan, thanks for being here this week. How are you, my friend? I'm doing just great. I'm excited. I'm going to
2: head down tomorrow to Memphis. I've never been to Memphis. I've been to the airport, but I'm a real big blues fan. So I'm, I'm looking forward. I'm going to hit Beale Street with a couple of friends who live down in that area. And, um, you know, for those of us who live in Cincinnati, you know, one of the great things geographically is we have a lot of really cool places within driving distance. I mean, I've driven to Washington, D.C. I go down to the Carolinas a lot. You got Nashville. You got Memphis. You know, take advantage of those things. It's, uh, you know, gas is super cheap. And um, you can go for just a simple weekend. I mean, that's all we're doing. We're just driving down. You get an hour back on the way down. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, I, um, um, like I said, I love the blues, and it'll be. Uh, it's my understanding it'll, it'll be like Nashville, except the blues not as nice as Nashville. I get that, but um, but it will be nice to listen to some
1: of that music. Memphis barbecue on the agenda. I would. Have oh said. gosh, uh, absolutely. <laughs> I, I,
2: yeah, I got I got I got a good reading on the, on the blood pressure earlier this week, so I'm good for some
1: some, <laughs> some <laughs> barbecue sauce. You've, you've cleared out some space for some barbecue Just sauce. Just a tad, absolutely. absolutely. Oh, well, have a great trip, and uh, look, I appreciate it. You'll have you. to give us a report when you get. Oh, I will. Well, we've got lots of great stuff on today's show. We're going to be talking about what happens when you get out of tune in your financial plan and also uncover some financial jargon and kind of cut through uh, some of these uh, buzzwords, some of the jargon you hear in the financial world, make it easier to understand. And Dan will have a good story for us on Tales from the Tax Side a little later on as well. But first, we like to start every show off with answering some of your questions from here throughout the area. You can go to quizdan.com to submit these questions. Just quiz Dan. Earl in Westchester has one for you. Dan Earl says, I've always managed my retirement accounts by myself, and I definitely have trust issues Mm -hmm. that prevent me from letting someone else manage the accounts for me. But I know that as I get older, I'll be less capable of doing it all myself, How much control can I expect to retain over my assets when I have an advisor managing accounts for me?
2: Well, you know, Earl, that's an excellent observation that you've made, and confession, actually, to say, I have trust issues, because that is a problem. That is a problem if you're going to work with somebody. And just because you're getting older doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be able to kick those trust issues to the side. One of the worst mistakes you could make is to venture into something thinking you could give up those trust issues. And then six months down the road or a year down the road, realize you've made a mistake and and want to undo everything that you've put together. So you really do want to examine those. A good advisor will help you to examine why you feel that way. Now, even in a situation though, where you give an advisor discretionary authority on your portfolio, he still has to give you an investment policy statement that details the overall strategy so that you're, one, aware of what's going to happen, and then second of all, you should be able to look at the portfolio anytime you want online so that you can see it. Now, a good investment manager is also going to be available to you as often as you need to be to meet with him, whether that be in person, whether that be over the phone. If it's a situation where he tells you, look, you know, you get one meeting with me a year and that's it, well, keep looking around. You know, we feel very strongly that our clients are paying for our time through whatever fees we charge to manage their portfolio. So therefore, we're available to them whenever they want to meet. I mean, you could meet with me you know, once a week if you were inclined. Now, I don't think necessarily that's going to always be in your best interest, but the time that you're going to have with somebody is very, very important. Now, another thing to keep in mind though, Earl, assuming you're married, if your spouse does not feel as comfortable as managing all your investments the way you are, well then you're gonna need to bring that into the equation as well. I mean, eventually when I work with a couple, as I point out to them, particularly if they're older than me, unfortunately there's a good chance someday in the future I'll only get to work with one of them. And we don't know which one that is going to be. And a lot of times I've seen situations where clients who have always done it themselves do bring in an advisor, not so much for themselves, but because of their spouse they want to make sure that if something were to happen to them their spouse has a reliable dependable person a trustworthy person that they can work with trust is an interesting thing you know it's either there or it's not and you can't always describe it it's a lot of times it's like love i used to always joke that uh, my wife could never logically explain to her parents why she wanted to marry me. It was just some feeling she had, and she couldn't logically do it. I mean, they gave her plenty of logical reasons why she shouldn't marry me. <laughs> uh, um, she couldn't come up with the one why she should other than, well, I love them. And trust is kind of like that way too. It's something that's in your gut. And I always tell people, listen to your gut. Uh, because in the end, you want to make sure that this is somebody that you do really feel that you can rely upon. So first of all, Ask yourself why you think you have a trouble letting go. And then if you do work with an advisor, just make sure, Earl, that he's giving you all of the information that you need, that you understand the strategy. And it's something that you agree with. For example, if, if you don't believe, as I hope you don't, in things like market timing and stock picking, well, then you should be working with an advisor who also doesn't believe in that. Now, if you do work with someone who believes in those things, that's going to be a little difficult for you because he's going to be making changes all the time and he's never going to consult with you. But but just know that even when you're working with someone, you're still ultimately in control. You're still the boss. They're just taking the more of the day-to-day role in in helping you get through the process.
1: Another good question. We always get great questions from listeners here throughout the area, and we do encourage you to get in touch quizdan.com is one way to do it if you're here in cincinnati dayton one of the surrounding communities you can also call 844 quiz dan 844-784-9326 to reach dan capril and the team at Matson and capril one more question this week as we turn attention to taxes this one's from larry and anderson larry says i started a consulting business this year in addition to my regular job so my income is going to be really high compared to past years. Is there anything I can do to save money on taxes?
2: Oh Larry, first of all, congratulations on, on starting your consulting business. I hope that you enjoy it and it is so successful that you're able to give up your other job. Because I I really um, personally I love self employment and I encourage anybody who's got a interest in it to certainly pursue it. There are a ton of things that you can do, Larry, to lower taxes in your business. Uh, there's no reason why you couldn't shelter as much as 52, 53 grand a year from that consulting business from taxes. You could set up a pension plan for your business. There are a ton of deductions that are available to small business owners that are not available to just about anybody else. I mean, there are strategies in place where you can contribute over $200,000 a year deduct it, and then later only pay capital gains tax on the money when it comes back. I could go on and on. In fact, we even wrote a book about this, What you might want to do first of all to get a lot of information. This is true for any of you out there who own a small business. First thing I recommend you do is go to this website. It's called smallbusinesstaxcut.com. Again, that's smallbusinesstaxcut.com. And if you go to that site, you can order a report that is going to give you all of that information. Here are some of the most common things that small business owners can do to lower their taxes, and they usually don't do them. And the reason they don't do them, in my personal opinion, is because of their CPAs. Now, I love CPAs. You know, some of my best friends are CPAs, but most CPAs that I know don't do tax planning. They do tax filing, which means at the end of the year, you tell them what you did and they tell you what you owed rarely do they call you up in January and say, hey, I just thought of a way we may be able to lower your taxes by $30,000. Some do, most do not. And a lot of people get their, their taxes done not by a CPA even. So the difference between tax planning and tax filing can literally be thousands and thousands of dollars. There are ways that you can incorporate your family into your business. These things are completely legal. They're there for a reason. I'm gonna give you another one. Your business can rent your house tax-free 14 days a year. Hmm. So if you're going to have an off-site meeting for your staff, you could have that meeting in your home. You could charge your business rent. Your business could obviously pay the rent and deduct it, and you wouldn't pay a dime of tax on that money. That's a strategy nice that's out there. A lot of lot of things that can be done. So the first thing is, yeah, get a copy of this report, and we'll also send you a copy of the book, the 10 biggest mistakes small business owners make when it comes to their taxes. Smallbusinesstaxcut.com. I don't care what business you're in. If you're a sole proprietor, if you're uh, if you've got a staff of thirty, you're gonna find a lot of good information in what this report has to offer. So small business Now the other thing that I would recommend you consider, Larry, is we're going to be doing um, a series of workshops at Indiana Wesleyan University um, coming up later this month, the 11th and the 18th. So really just a couple of days from now, we're going to be starting our first one. And they're called Retirement Rescue. And in those workshops, we're going to be discussing the things that you can do to dramatically lower your taxes, not only now, but in retirement. You know, so many of us are sitting with these 401ks, IRAs, 403b plans. We've never paid a dollar of tax on them. And they are literally ticking tax time bombs because when you retire, when you pull money out, you will pay the tax then. And the income that you have to report from that is going to affect whether or not you pay taxes on your social security benefits. And think about it. You've already paid tax on the money when it went into the system. And now it's very likely that you could pay tax on almost the entire check. Well, you know what, there are proactive steps that you can take to prevent that from happening. They're completely legal. In fact, in many cases, the government encourages you to do them, but you actually have to have a plan to do it. And the other thing too, keep this in mind, if tax rates go up over the next few years, then that means the amount of money that you have sitting in these retirement accounts, it's less, it's less than what you actually have. With a stroke of the pen, You now own less of your money because the tax lien is going to grow on that. And if you don't think taxes are going to go up, I got to tell you, it's been expected that in the next four years, 92% of all treasury revenues will go to just four things. Interest on the debt, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid. That only leaves 8% left for every other thing government loves to spend money on. If you don't think tax rates are going to go up in the future, in my opinion, you're being a little too optimistic. Heck, even if they stay the same, wouldn't it be great to have a tax-free Social Security benefit? So the way to register for our seminar, Retirement Rescue, is gonna be again, Tuesday, the 11th of October, and we're gonna do it the following Tuesday as well, the 18th of October. The way you register, very simple. Text the word seminar to 555-888. Again, the word seminar to 555-888. When you do that, you will get a link back from me. You click on the link. And you go ahead and you enter in your registration information and we'll get you registered. There's no cost for the seminar. It's not one of these steak dinner deals that annuity salesmen are trying to push on you. No, this is a a workshop, a 90-minute workshop being done at a university, Indiana Wesleyan in Westchester, just off of I-75 in Westchester. I think we're going to give you bottled water. That's about the only perk. But we're going to give you a ton of information that you're going to take back with you. And you can develop strategies to give yourself a tax free retirement. So, again, text the word seminar to triple five, triple eight. Information will come on your smartphone. If you don't
1: have a smartphone, just go to quizdan.com and request information that way as well. Again, these are the ways that you can plug in, get in touch, and make sure you attend that upcoming event here in just a couple of days. October 11th, October 18th are the two nights of that upcoming seminar at Indiana Wesleyan University in Westchester. 844-QUIZ-DAN is your number to call. But that really easy way to sign up for that event is to text the word seminar to 555-888. Text seminar to 555-888. Click on the link. Fill out the information. It takes like 30 seconds, and you'll be signed up for the night of your preference, October 11th or 18th. But as we're getting closer to the event, make sure you reserve your spot before seats fill up. Text seminar to 555-888. And of course, if you don't have a smartphone, you'll probably want to call instead and just give your information, and Dan will make sure he reserves a spot for you. 844-QUIZ-DAN is the number Still much more to come here on Solving the Financial Puzzle.
0: Stay tuned. Puzzles go by a lot of names. There are jigsaw puzzles, crosswords, brain teasers, brain bashers, brain twisters, brain knitters, knotters, and bogglers. You get the idea. It's kind of like financial planners and advisors. A lot of people call themselves a financial advisor, but there are often a lot of differences between these people. Some only sell insurance, some are RIAs, some can't sell stocks, some are RFCs, the list goes on and on. It can be difficult to know who's really a financial planner. That's why it's important that you know Dan Caprill is a certified financial planner or CFP for short. CFPs make a career-long commitment to meet the ever-changing needs of their clients. So forget all those other riddlers in the financial world and work with the best. Contact Dan Caprill at 844-784-9326. Call 844-QUIZ-DAN. Have a question you want featured on the show? Go to AskDan.com to submit your question, and our host here on Solving the Financial Puzzle, Dan Caprill, might feature it on a future show. So go to AskDan.com today. This is Solving the Financial
1: Puzzle. Walter Storholt here with you alongside Dan Capril. He is the president of Matson & Capril, a certified financial planner and your local wealth coach here in Cincinnati, Dayton, and the surrounding communities. In fact, the team has offices in Cincinnati, Beaver Creek, and Northern Kentucky as well. Visit them online by going to quizdan.com and by calling 844-QUIZ-DAN. That's 844 844- you know dan even if you have a solid financial plan in place things can quickly get out of tune if you don't make adjustments from time to time, I kind of equate it like even the best instruments and musicians in the world still have to tune up before a performance or even before practice. There's there's constant sort of tweaking and tuning going on, even in some of the best instruments you can find. So let's talk about some of the areas where you can see people get out of tune in their financial plan and then how you help them get you know back in tune. And I have to think that risk is near the top of the list, and having the right amount of risk is something that's going to change every once in a while. Yeah,
2: it is. And, you know, when we say risk, you know, I prefer the term volatility because assuming that we're going to be in a diversified portfolio, it's not an issue of your portfolio going down to zero. You know, when I think of risk, I think of Las Vegas. I put my money down, and it either doubles or it goes to zero. And when it comes to your investments, it's more of a volatility that you're going to see. Here's the thing to understand. The math changes when you retire. When you're working, it's all about return. It's all about your long-term average return. But when you're retired and you're literally converting your portfolio into cash, now it's about consistency of return. Because if you have a deeply negative year in any one year, you're going to have to sell additional shares to give yourself the same amount of cash more shares than you would have sold before the portfolio declined. And even though markets can come back in the future, those extra shares, they're gone. You won't get them back. So your average rate of return during your retirement isn't nearly as important as the consistency of your return. Now don't get me wrong, return is important, but consistency is even more important. And a lot of times when I look at somebody's portfolio, and maybe in their mind it's doing great because it's up for the year, What they fail to understand is what the downside potential of that portfolio could be. And in fact, it's a mathematical principle that we call reversion to the mean, that basically states, look, if something is doing above average, chances are at some point it will do below average, and it will come back to the overall experience will be the average. It's like your golf game. You know, if you normally shoot in the mid-80s, and you go out one day, lights are out, and you shoot a 72, it doesn't really mean you're going to go out and shoot a 72 next time. In fact, the law of averages are you might go out and shoot a 92 the next time. Certainly, that's how I would do it.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> I was, um, I was so, waiting for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, There's the only thing consistent about my golf game is inconsistency. There but in go. any event, so it's a very important. Now, the other part, too, though, is if we get too conservative, if we decide, you know what, I'll just settle for a guaranteed 1% or 2% every year. Well, the problem with that, then, is that when you add in the impact of taxes and inflation, your money's not growing at all. In fact, I like to joke what you're really doing is going broke safely. Because while you do have a guaranteed return, it's not even keeping up with taxes, let alone inflation. So it's important that your portfolio be looked at continuously each year through retirement to make sure that it is delivering for you not only the rate of return you need, but doing so in the consistent manner that your portfolio requires it to do in order for you to have the type of retirement
1: that you want. So that's having the right amount of risk. One of the things that gets out of tune often in possibly your portfolio and that you need to get back into tune. Dan, obviously, well-adept at helping his clients do that all the time. And another thing, Dan, I think that gets out of tune in people's portfolios is when it comes to life insurance, trying to you know find out or figure out what the right amount to have is. And that's something that can yeah. fluctuate over time. Well,
2: yeah. I mean, if you think about it, the reason you're buying life insurance is to replace your earnings. That's the primary reason. There are other reasons, but that's a primary reason. Replace your earnings because you're no longer alive. And the assumption, of course, is that you have dependents who need that income. Now, as your family grows, you may need more. As inflation affects things, you may need more. As your family shrinks, i.e. the kids leave the house and become self-reliant, you may not need as much. And therefore, then there are savings that can be accumulated and maybe applied to other areas in your plan that are necessary. With a lot of people as they approach retirement, of course, the big one is long-term care. And that's a huge issue that unfortunately tends to get overlooked. But um, but we need to make sure that in all areas of insurance that we are maintaining it to where our needs are. That in other words, the coverage we have today truly suits what our exposures are. And our exposures change over time. In the case of life insurance, there can be huge savings made by making the proper adjustments as you go forward.
1: We're talking to Dan Capril about some of the things that often get out of tune in portfolios, risk, life insurance, uh, at least the amount of life insurance you should have. Two good examples. Also having the right amount of cash in the bank is something that can get out of tune depending on what's going on in your life. Yeah, and it can go both ways. Again, I've seen
2: people that have had, you know, several years worth of living expenses sitting in cash, earning 1% if they're lucky. Not a good move. Again, your money's shrinking in terms of its purchase power. You're going broke safely. And on the other hand, having all of their money, including their emergency reserves, sitting in stocks. Neither makes sense. Six months of living expenses, great amount of money to have sitting in a cash reserve. That way you won't have to rely on debt should something unexpected come up, emergency, loss of a job, those types of things you'll have that in place. And in fact, in most of the time, that's what I want people to build up first. Build up your reserves, and then we'll start building up other areas of your portfolio. So as you come in for a review, we wanna look at where you are and make the appropriate adjustments.
1: And last but not least, Dan, we always have to come back to one other thing that can get out of tune. And this is the one I would imagine you often see uh, the most out of tune. And that would be the future tax considerations Uh, that folks are kind of trying to plan for, or maybe it's a, a lack of planning that often leads to that being out of tune as well.
2: Yeah, without question. I call 401ks and IRAs ticking tax time bombs, because while it's great to get the deduction on that money going in, we're going to get hit pretty hard when that money comes out, especially if tax rates rise. So it's very important that we, first of all, understand that whatever's sitting in the 401k or the IRA, that's not all our money. You know, if you say, look, I'm looking good, I got a million dollars in my 401k. No, you don't. You have maybe 750,000 because Uncle Sam's got a lien on those assets. So the question we have now is what steps can we take to minimize that lien? Is there a way that we can take steps now so that we don't pay tax on those accounts in the future when we are retired? So that if, say, the next administration raises tax rates, that that's not going to impact us at all. Are there steps we can take? And the answer is yes. There's plenty of steps that you can take. And to share those with you, because you couldn't possibly do it on a show like this. It's just not enough time. We're going to be hosting a series of workshops that we call Retirement Rescue. And they're about how can I have a tax-free retirement? How can I minimize this ticking tax time bomb that is going to explode on my retirement accounts when I start pulling that money out? And we're going to have these workshops on October 11th and October 18th. Both times will be at Indiana Wesleyan University. These are Tuesday nights, 6.30 p.m. The way you register for them, there is no cost. These are free workshops. The way that you can register is you can, first of all, text the word seminar to 555-888. Again, seminar to 555-888. When you do that, you'll get a response back from me. Now, it's very important that you click on that so that you can go ahead and then register. You have to fill in the information that's on there. Again, there is no cost, but we need to know who you are. And we are going to send you some materials in advance of the workshop, what we would like to call our Retirement Rescue Toolkit. I'm going to send that to you as part of your confirmation package that's going to give you a lot of great materials to kind of prepare you for this workshop. So again, the 11th or the 18th, these are Tuesday nights, 6.30 p.m., Indiana Wesleyan University, Located in Westchester, just off of I 75. Of course, we'll get you all the directions to it. But the way you register, text the word seminar to 555888 or give our office a call at 844 QuizDan or you can go to quizdan.com. So, a lot of different ways that you can register for this. But this is valuable information because I got to tell you, folks, a lot of you worry about the stock market. I do too. A lot of you worry about inflation. I do too. But the biggest threat, in my personal opinion, is taxation. We already know these accounts are gonna get hit. Look at the demographics of our country. Look at the demands on treasury revenues. I would love to believe tax rates will go down in the future. I can't be that optimistic, I have to be realistic. Rates go up, the amount of money sitting in those accounts, those ticking time bomb accounts, the amount of money you own in those will go down. You have to take the step to protect yourself and then maybe if we do it right, we'll also get our social security benefits tax free. I think that would be pretty cool too. So again. Text the word seminar to 555 Sign up for our Retirement Rescue Workshop, where we're going to discuss what you can do to get a tax-free retirement at Indiana Wesleyan University, October 11th or 18th, 6.30 p.m.
1: Again, the 11th and the 18th of this month. That's just a couple of days from now. The first one, you pick which night you want to attend. You do not have to attend both nights. Uh, pick one that's best for you, 11th and 18th at Indiana Wesleyan University in Westchester. I'll just reiterate the ways to sign up. Text the word SEMINAR to 555-888-SEMINAR. Text that to 555-888. Click on the link that we'll send to you and fill out the information. It takes about 30 seconds to do all that, and uh, you'll be registered for the seminar. You'll reserve your spot. You can also call 844-QUIZ-DAN, and if you don't have a smartphone, that link on your phone probably won't work, so you'll want to call instead. 844-QUIZ-DAN, 844 784 9326. You're listening to Solving the Financial Puzzle with Dan Capril. Much more coming up around the corner. Stay tuned.
0: Want more information about Dan Capril and the team at Matson and Capril? Visit us on the web by going to AskDan.com. That's AskDan.com. This is Solving the Financial Puzzle, the show that
1: helps you understand that sometimes hard-to-figure-out financial world and helps you better plan for your financial future. We turn to Dan Capril each and every week. He's the president of Matson & Capril right here in Cincinnati, serving you in Dayton and uh, an office even in northern Kentucky. So if you're in one of the surrounding communities, here's the way to get in touch. Quizdan.com. That's Quizdan.com. And you can also call 844 844- Quiz Dan, 844-QUIZ-DAN. Dan's a certified financial planner and your local wealth coach in the area. You know, Dan, some advisors intentionally use financial jargon to confuse people. It it does happen. But I think most of the time, advisors just don't realize that the terms they often use just aren't widely understood by most normal people. They kind of just slip into that habit of thinking uh, everybody thinks in the same way that they do.
2: Right. Right, yeah.
1: It's true. And, and there
2: are a number of those terms that will typically come up. You know, first of all, the one I, I hear a lot, and I don't think people really understand what it means, is asset allocation. Yeah, you know, They're like, you know, what does that mean like my house, my car? No. What we need to understand <laughs> is that in an investment portfolio, different types of instruments perform differently at different times. So, for example, small company stocks tend to be more volatile than large company stocks but provide higher rates of return. So these are two different asset classes. The same could be true treasury bills. Treasury bills provide lower rates of return historically over time than say stocks, but they perform in a far more consistent manner. So when you're building a portfolio using an asset allocation strategy, your intention using math to figure out how to do this is to create a portfolio whereby as some things tend to go down, Other things don't go down as much or don't go down at all to cancel out the effects. It doesn't mean they won't go down. They just won't necessarily move completely in step with each other. Now, one thing you got to be a little bit concerned about, though, when you hear the term asset allocation is when they put the word tactical in front of it. Tactical asset allocation. Tactical asset allocation is just another word for phrase for market timing. Because what they want you to believe is that they can make moves ahead of the market. I mean, there's a guy on TV here in Cincinnati who always said, we're active managers. Well, then what he's telling you then is he thinks he knows what the news is going to be before the news actually occurs. And that's what tactical asset allocation is. It's the changing of your portfolio in anticipation of how you think markets are going to perform. But understand this. News, last time I checked, is still unpredictable. And markets still react to news. So if news is unpredictable and markets react to news, therefore, aren't markets unpredictable? Mm. Of course they are. So does it make sense to have a good asset allocation policy where you own many different asset classes? Absolutely. Does it make sense to constantly move your money around from asset class to asset class, hoping you're going to get it right before they, they take off? Absolutely not. So be mindful of that. A well-structured portfolio has a number of different asset classes in it. It has large companies, it has small companies, it has large value companies and small value companies, and it has them not only in the United States, but all over the globe. And it also has a a reasonable amount of fixed income, usually short-term government and corporate bonds of investment grade. If your portfolio is made up of those elements, then you have a good chance of having a well-diversified portfolio. Now, the next question is, what percentage do you have of each of those elements? That can only be done when we're looking at, you know, that has to be customized to you. It's almost like when someone says, well, I take Lipitor for high cholesterol. Well, how many milligrams? Well, it depends. You know, I take 10. I think my dad takes 30. It just mm. depends on on your situation. So, you know, that's one of the terms. Another term I mentioned before, this small cap, mid cap, large cap. Okay, yeah. What the
1: heck does that mean, right? All right, well... Does the average small. person have any idea with that with no. that with that I just think small business medium sized business and yeah. large business I mean and that's you know you can certainly think about it that way but
2: we have to understand that when we're identifying something as large cap or small cap we're comparing it to all of the stocks out there so when we look at the market value of a company it's a simple mathematical equation it's all the shares out there times the price per share that's the value of the company that's the market value so if we were to take all the companies out there and put them, in a, uh, put them on a list, you know, big to small, well, the small caps would be the ones at the very bottom of the list. Now, I define that by the bottom 10%. That's the micro caps. And those are the stocks that tend to perform much differently than the top 10% in terms of size. Those are your large caps, your S&P 500. Now, over time, the small caps tend to outperform the large kind of makes sense in a way you're buying companies in the startup mode in many cases you're buying microsoft when they're still working out of a garage makes sense but they're also going to be far more volatile because not all small businesses make it so the the question usually is do i buy one or two or do i buy the whole asset classes well my advice is, you buy the whole asset class mid caps are obviously going to be the companies that sit in the middle now i will tell you The problem you have with mid-caps is they don't really give us the diversifying element that owning large companies and small companies have. If you're going to look at, historically, the top-producing asset classes year by year is usually at the extremes, and that's why we would want them. So rather than owning mid-caps, typically I recommend that you own both large and small, and you're probably going to come out a little bit better than if you just bring mid-caps in, at least from mathematical expectation of return. So when someone says small-cap, just think of small companies. Companies you've probably never heard of before, but they are traded. They're publicly traded. Large caps, such as Procter & Gamble, General Electric, the so-called blue chips, the huge, big companies. Over time, they have a little less volatility than, than small, but they don't necessarily produce higher rates of return. Historically, they produce lower rates of return simply because they're a little bit more predictable in what you can expect from them
1: it's uh, so interesting to see. Asset allocation, small cap, mid cap, large cap, a couple of the good examples of financial jargon that advisors often use, whether intentionally or not intentionally, to try and confuse you. So we're trying to just provide a little education here on the show today to try and uh, get through some of this clutter, if you will. And if you talk about clutter, Dan, I think you have to mention all the acronyms that are in the financial world. You've yeah. got RIA, CFP, CRPC, CSA, and that isn't even scratching the surface.
2: Yeah, well, let me say something very controversial. I love being controversial. So advisors like to put acronyms after their names to show you that they have a designation that that implies that they have been trained and they are highly educated. Now, the gold standard, if you will, of designations is a certified financial planner. It's the hardest one to get, requires the most amount of study. Only about half of the people who take the test each year pass it. Because of that, other organizations have popped up over the years to basically sell designations to financial advisors that don't require nearly the level of training and scrutiny to own the designation. The amount of continuing education is less the amount of study required to get the designation is less. So I see a lot of those pop up and, you know, look, I think that the reason that you should hire somebody goes far beyond the designation. And I'm being a little bit biased here because I am a certified financial planner, but you can read enough independent articles and that is the high standard. Now there's a couple of others that are out there that really don't mean anything as it relates to the, the person's credibility. And one of them is RIA. Now, Legally, an advisor can't put the, the initials RIA after their name because it implies a designation, and it is not. All it is is saying that that advisor is a registered investment advisor, which means legally he can charge you a fee. He's taken what's called a Series 65 exam, where he is a certified financial planner, and therefore then he can charge a fee for services. But that is not a designation in and of itself. One cool thing, though, one very useful thing about both the RIA and the CFP is that that advisor has adopted a fiduciary standard, and what that means is that he has committed himself to putting your interests ahead of his, so much so that you could sue him if you felt that he didn't do that. If someone doesn't hold themselves out as a fiduciary, well, then it's a little bit harder to receive damages, so lot of them out there i know i'm showing my bias and for those financial advisors out there hey i also have a clu and a chfc look i've got more designations than you can shake a stick at i don't care the cfp is by far the best doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a great financial advisor just because you have a cfp but it does mean you put a lot of time and effort in studying in a lot of broad areas and you've been required to maintain that level of study over the years. So if I, if I've ticked off a few financial advisors out there in Cincinnati, good. I'm really here for the consumer and the consumer needs to know that if you really want expertise, there aren't a lot of colleges where someone can go to study financial planning. It's getting better, but the certified financial
1: planner designation still is the gold standard. Good to know. And, uh, again, full disclosure, Dan's a certified financial planner. And you can do homework on these things, but that's part of the trick, isn't it, Dan, that sometimes these other organizations that are basically gifting or, in better term, selling Selling. these designations, you go to their website and try and do research on them, I mean, they Uh, look very legitimate. They're very difficult to tell if you don't know what to be looking for that it's a legitimate organization that has a lot of support around the country. So you do have to be careful.
2: Pay them $500, $600 a year, and they'll tell you that you're this. We were just talking off the air about an organization now that if you pay them $20,000, they'll give you some speech coach lesson, and then they'll they'll get you to speak in front of the Harvard Faculty Club, and then you can go around and tell people, I spoke at Harvard. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay, whatever.
1: Yeah, you got to just be uh, really wary of stuff like that. So uh, let me just do one more. Let's single out another acronym here to maybe put a kind of a cap on this conversation. Uh, We could go all day talking about financial jargon, but let's mention another one. Now, this one isn't an acronym of like a designation. This Mm -hmm. is RMD, Required Minimum Distributions. Uh, What do we need to know about those?
2: So, so an RMD, requirement Minimum Distribution, is the amount of money that you must pull out of your 401k, IRA, 403b retirement plan once you reach the age of 70 and a half. That's just under 4%. You're required to start pulling money out. Now, every year you're going to be required to pull out a higher and higher percentage. And yes, you're going to be required to pay tax on a higher and higher amount as time goes forward. And RMDs are one of the things that really worry us here because we understand that not only are you going to get taxed on the money you pull out, but that money is going to affect the taxation of your Social Security benefits. It's going to affect whether or not you have to pay tax on your Social Security benefits. So that is the ticking tax time bomb. Also, when you add to that the fact that tax rates could come up in the future i mean look the average top marginal rate since the the code was created in the early 1900s is 62 percent right now it's only 39.6 so we have historical precedent for higher rates wouldn't put it past this group of politicians running for office at all you know one of them says right now well over five million dollars look there isn't enough money in that group of people to really make a difference you know where the money is It's in the middle class, and it's in 401ks and IRAs. So it's very, very important that you understand what you're faced with, and it's very, very important that you take the steps now to potentially have a tax-free retirement. And to help you with that, one of the things that we do for our listeners is we host a series of workshops dedicated exclusively on the issue of how can you have a tax-free retirement. So to find out about that, or really to register for them, Here's what I want you to do. We've got two of them coming up, October 11th and 18th, at Indiana Wesleyan University in Westchester. It's just off of I-75. The 11th and 18th, 6.30 p.m. Now, to register, it's very simple. They're free, but you got to register because seating is limited. We did them at University of Dayton. We had over 100 people registered. I was sweating it on the chairs, but we got them in there. We packed them in, but we got them in there. Right? What you want to do is you want to text the word seminar to 555-888. Again, seminar to 555 When you do that, you'll get a link back from me. You got to click on the link, enter your information. You do that, you're registered. We'll send you information to prepare you for the seminar. You can also give my office a call at 844-QUIZDAN or you can go to quizdan.com, click on the box that says Quiz Dan and Telly and, and right on there Sign me up for the seminar, and my office will get in touch with you. But don't let this one go, folks. This is a real issue, this ticking tax time bomb. We've been kicking the can down the road with our taxes on our retirement plans, and that's fine, but we did so under the assumption that we were going to pull the money out at a lower rate. What happens if if the rates go up? Mm. We're going to be pulling it out at an even higher rate. Let's get some balance. Let's put this in our planning as well. Too often when we talk about financial planning with people, they think well, all we're going to talk about is investment returns. People, it's only one of the five major areas of retirement planning. There's a reason. Taxes are going to have the biggest effect more than anything else, in my personal opinion. So let's find out what we need to know. And if you think your CPAs on top of it, I hate to tell you it's probably not because most CPAs don't do tax planning. They do tax filing. So again, triple five, triple eight. Text the word seminar to triple five triple eight Sign up for the Retirement Rescue Workshop, Indiana Wesleyan University, October 11th
1: and 18th, 6.30 p.m. Again, this is the way to get in touch. A couple of different options for you. If you have a smartphone, that texting method is the best. Text the word seminar. Just like you're going to text a friend, the message is seminar. Text that to the number, 555-888. You'll get a link back immediately. Click on it, fill out the information, and you'll have reserved your spot. Uh, 11th and 18th of this month, so just a couple of days from now, that first one comes up. You attend one of the two nights at Indiana Wesleyan University in Westchester. Text seminar to 555-888. If you don't have a smartphone or you just prefer the old-fashioned method, pick up the phone and just call Dan and say you want to come to that seminar. 844-QUIZ-DAN, 844-784-9326 is your number to call. Again, that's 844-QUIZ-DAN. Stay right there. There's still more coming up on today's show. In fact, next, it's story time. Tales from the tax sides around the corner.
0: With a constantly changing financial landscape, having a written, customized plan for retirement is more important than ever. In Cincinnati and Dayton, turn to Dan Capril and the team at Matson and Capril. Call 844-QUIZ-DAN. That's 844-784-9326. We know you did it. Lurking in
2: the shadows and hiding in every investable asset. There is no escaping from...
1: Tales... From the tax side, with Dan Capril. So this is the part of the show each week on solving the financial puzzle where we get a great story from Dan about taxes and a lot of the time it has to deal with a celebrity or maybe a movie star or maybe it's just some other uh, well-known person or thing out there in the world but we always then relate it to possibly even your own financial situation that's the connection that we make and the headline for this week's story that dan sent me is round them up and shake them down dan what's the story <laughs> Do you like Western movies, Walt? You know, I didn't really grow up watching them. Uh, um, I've seen a, f- I've seen a few that uh, I yeah. have enjoyed. Yeah. When I was when I was a kid, um, Clint Eastwood would come out with
2: one all the time. Yeah. And usually, I mean, I I saw them on TV. But um, uh, one of the best, one of the um, the all time classics was called The Magnificent Seven, and mm-hmm. it's it's being remade now. You know, I get a kick. Hollywood—they remake movies that have no need to be remade. Like, right. You know, earlier this year they remade Ben Hur. Why would you remake Ben Hur? <laughs> you're gonna make Ben Hur better? <laughs> I don't it's think so. Not
1: possible, right?
2: I, yeah, I will you're say. Gone with the Wind.
1: You know? I have been getting into The Rifleman recently. Uh, oh really, Chuck Connors? With with uh, there's it's been on like uh, a ton of reruns lately, and I don't I've just oh, caught yeah. it at very odd times, uh, and yeah. it, it hooks me in. I don't know why, but it's good. Chuck Connors he used to be a first baseman for the Brooklyn Dodgers. I don't know if you were. Aware of I that. did know that. So, That's pretty cool. Yeah.
2: So the Magnificent Seven it's about a um, it's about an evil uh, land baron who's terrorizing a town, and this group of uh, outlaws form to. Uh, to bring justice to the town and, and put the evil land baron down, so they're kind of like this elite posse. And uh, I will go see the remake; it's out now. Um, I'll probably hate it, but I uh, but I will go anyway because I, I do enjoy westerns. Well, there's another type of elite group that you need to know about. It's called the Global High Wealth Industry Group. What a name! Only a name like that. A name like that has to have come from um, the government. Uh, now they're kind of dubbed <laughs> the Wealth Squad. But this is an elite group of IRS agents. So these guys really know what to look for. They are forensic accountants, and they can look at a situation and get a feel for whether or not, know well, someone's not actually reporting all of their income. You know, when you get audited by the IRS, they're usually not so much concerned with faulty deductions, although they'll look at them. What they want to make sure, though, is that you're actually reporting all of your income. And so this, high, um, this wealth squad, if you will, what they'll do is they look at people who have company jets, um, private foundations, Donald Trump type you know, situations. You know, As you may know, Donald Trump is um, under an audit and he won't release his returns until the audit is over and he gets audited every single year. Well, that's not a surprise because if you make more than $5 million a year, you got about a 12% chance. That's about one in eight of getting audited. Now, if you're between 200 and... and um, 400000 Now well, the then audit likelihood is only 1.5%. So you can see here, while well, this group is definitely getting targeted, and there's a reason for this financially, normal audits dig up about $605 for every hour spent on the audit. So they do pay for themselves because the agents don't get paid $605 an hour. But this wealth squad, these guys are, cr- are bringing in almost $5,000 for every hour that they put in. So they are finding some real money because in, in truth, most people are not doing their taxes correctly. And they may not be thinking that they're doing anything wrong. But when you put an IRS auditor on there and then the IRS auditor says, well, if you don't like our, our opinion, you can always sue us. Well, guess what? You know, you got to use your money to, uh, to take them to court. Now, unfortunately, this fear of an audit has gotten a lot of people worried to the point where I've seen bad tax planning being done. They'll say, well, I know I could do that, or my accountant tells me I could do that, but he advises against it. Why? Well, because he doesn't want to raise the probability of an audit. Look, if you're doing something wrong, I understand. But if you're doing something right, why would you allow scrutiny to prevent you from doing what you're legally entitled to do? It's a real shame, but I see it all the time, particularly with small business owners. So there are a number of strategies that are out there whether you own a business or even if you're just preparing for retirement that can dramatically lower tax. But we allow this fear of an audit to kind of get in the way from us from doing all the things that we're capable of doing. You know, it's almost like saying, you know, I don't want to go to the grocery store and pay for my groceries because I don't want to get accused of shoplifting. (laughs) Why would you think that you're going to get accused of shoplifting, right? You went to the store, you gave them cash out, you went. If they want to see the receipt, you got it in your hand. It's the same thing. But, you know, the faceless IRS tends to be a little bit more intimidating to people. And so as a result, I just see people overlooking these things or not getting the proper tax planning advice that they need or really not doing the things that they can do to get a tax-free retirement. You can. You don't have to just assume because you have all this money sitting in your 401k or IRA that you're going to pay massive amounts of tax in the future. Now, if you do nothing, you probably will. You probably will pay massive amounts of tax. But if you do effective planning you could dramatically reduce that. But you have to do the right planning. Unfortunately, too often today, those people who call themselves financial advisors, they're not really financial advisors. They sell investment products, that's it. They don't look at the entire picture. They don't give you a holistic strategy. You owe it to yourself to have a completely holistic strategy. So to kind of give you a little bit more information on that without putting any pressure on anybody, but to give you an insight on what you may be missing, I want you to know about a series of workshops that we have coming up at Indiana Wesleyan University. And these workshops, which we call Retirement Rescue, are designed to show you the steps that you can take to have a tax-free retirement. Your 401k, your IRA, your 403b, these folks are what we like to call ticking tax time bombs. They are accounts that have never been taxed. And if you leave them in there, eventually, when you reach 70 and a half, you're going to have to pull the money out. And when you pull the money out, you'll pay tax and it will possibly affect the tax that you have to pay now on your social security benefits. Most people think they're going to get their social security benefits tax-free. Probably not. One in three people don't. And if you have a 401k and IRA, you're probably that, that person who's not going to get them tax-free unless you do the effective planning. So when we do workshops for our listeners, we're not giving them steak dinners and trying to sell them annuity products that pay high commissions. No. What we do is we offer a comprehensive workshop at no cost at a local university, gives them the facts that they need to plan for their future. So I encourage you, come to this workshop. Seating's extremely limited. It's going the first one's going to start this coming Tuesday, the 11th, while the following one, the 18th. Now the register is very simple. If you have a smartphone, text the word seminar to 555 888. Seminar triple five, triple eight. When you do that, you're going to get a response. You've got to click on the response and enter in your information and we'll have you all registered for the workshop. That's one way. You can go to quizdan.com, press the button that says quizdan and say, sign me up. My office will get in touch with you and get you registered. Or you can give my office a call, 844-QUIZ-DAN. So a number of ways. But I got to tell you, in all my years of working with, with, with retirees and people planning for retirement, nothing has scared me more than the possibility of taxes going up in the future. The demographics almost demand it to happen. We're getting older and older as a society. The only generation that's alive today that's bigger than the baby boomers are the millennials and they're like 12 years old. So they're not putting money into the system, right? It's the Gen Xers. You're the ones that are gonna get hit the hardest and the younger baby boomers like me. I was born in 1963. The baby boom generation ended in 64. You're the ones that are gonna get hit hard. So you're the ones that need to take the proactive steps to reduce the taxes on these ticking tax time bombs. So again, text the word seminar, triple five triple eight. Get signed up for this workshop at Indiana Wesleyan University, October 11th and 18th, 6.30 p.m. But folks, really seating is very limited. We have over 100 people registered when we did up in Dayton. This facility at Indiana Wesleyan is about half the size. So we need to make sure that we get you in right now, get you situated, get you the information that you need to plan for your future
1: reserve your spot. Again, you can text the word seminar to 555-888 and click on the link we'll send you to sign up. That seminar, the word that you text to 555-888. 888 and then click on the link, fill out the information doesn't take but 30 seconds and you pick which night works best for you, October 11th or October 18th coming up here in just a couple of days at Indiana Wesleyan University in Westchester. If you don't have a smartphone or you just prefer to call, you'll want to dial 844 quizdan 844 784 9326. That's 844 844- quiz dan and you can just uh, request to attend the seminar over the phone that way 844 quiz dan well dan appreciate the help on this week's show as always it's a lot of fun and uh, we'll look forward to another great conversation next week great everybody have a wonderful week again that's dan Caprill joining us here on solving the financial puzzle thanks for joining us and we'll talk to you next time